Welcome to A Transforming Word with Pastor Bill Buffington. This program is a ministry of Calvary Chapel Inglewood. Today on A Transforming Word. Envy wants to be where someone else is, wants to have what someone else has, wants to possess what someone else possesses. And it's a negative thing because as believers, we're supposed to be able to rejoice with someone else as they're doing well. When you see God doing a great thing and something, we're supposed to be able to really celebrate with them and, and be happy with them for what the Lord is doing. But envy doesn't allow that. Envy causes people to be kind of stuck in a place that, uh, at least a place in their heart that isn't what God wants. In today's message, Pastor Bill will warn you about the dangers of envy in your life. Envy is the feeling that we get when we want something that someone else has. We're jealous of them in some way or another. This idea of envy goes against what Christians are supposed to stand for. As Christians, we're called to celebrate with one another in every success and triumph, not break each other down over envy. Envy deceives us. Envy can cause us to no longer be content with what God has blessed us with. Now, here's Pastor Bill in the book of Numbers chapter 12 for today's edition of A Transforming Word. In this chapter, Aaron and Miriam, Moses' brother and sister, they, it appears, got a little envious of little bro and all that God was doing through him and uh, led them to do some things that they should not do. And so I would challenge everybody to just consider right up front. Uh, We're all different. Some people may struggle. Some people really struggle with envy. And there's, you know, you say that word, there's already people they can think of that they're envious of. And you know, why did that person get what they didn't get, so forth and so on. And maybe some of you, it's not really an issue. But um, I believe every chapter of the Bible, every time we study it, we're always studying, the, really we're studying God. We're learning about him. And we're going to see how he feels about it in this chapter. And that's a, a bigger deal than how Moses felt about it, is how God felt about it. So look at Numbers chapter 12, starting at verse 1 and read verses 1 and 2. It says, then Miriam and Aaron spoke against Moses because of the Ethiopian woman whom he had married, for he had married an Ethiopian woman. So they said, has not has the Lord indeed spoken only through Moses? Has not the Lord spoken through us also? And it says, and the Lord heard it. So first, let's look at verse one. Moses is in a situation where he's ministering. He's got his sister Miriam, his brother Aaron. They're there with him. And Moses is the younger, but Moses is the one that God's hand is upon in a more significant way. Moses is leading the nation. He's leading everybody. And it says the initial issue that they brought up was that Moses had married an Ethiopian. So We'll talk about that real quick because Moses already had a wife named Zipporah. So the question comes, what happened to Zipporah? Did Moses take a second wife? And most don't believe that. At this time, Moses is 80 or better. And so we don't know for a fact, and that's why I'm saying people believe. As you go back and study it, some of these things, you can't nail it down for sure. When did she die? What happened to her? Most people believe that Zipporah had passed away and Moses is remarrying and he marries this Ethiopian woman. I read several books and I heard some real convoluted stories about how they could have still been referring to the other wife, but I don't agree. I believe he remarried and he picked the Ethiopian. So 
Now, you know, this is Moses married a black woman. He went and got him a little chocolate sister and brother and sister having an issue with it. Why do they have an issue with it? Up until this point, God hasn't made a rule. There isn't a rule here that says he can't. He shouldn't intermarry with a non-believer, but there isn't a rule here that says he couldn't marry another culture or whatever. So just want to throw this out there because there are people today that believe that, you know, people should stay within their own groups. And if you're black, you should marry a black. And if you're white, you should marry a white. And if you're Asian, you should marry an Asian. And just so we are all clear that God doesn't have a stance in that way. God says a believer with a believer, a black believer with a green believer, with a yellow believer, with a purple believer, a believer with a believer. What God forbids is for a believer to be unequally yoked together with a non-believer. So anybody single that has an attraction to other cultures, God bless you. There's nothing. We're free. We're free to choose in that regard. So there's anything in the word that would prohibit that or. cause us to not be free to to look in that way god's concerned with the heart that we're connecting with that that two people would come together that know him and love him so but moses married this ethiopian woman they have an issue with it and it turns out when you read verse two even though they use the issue of the marriage the new marriage to talk about him it kind of comes out in verse two what they're really upset about what they're really having an issue with. And so notice that the opening complaint is Miriam and Aaron spoke against Moses because of the wife he took. And as soon as you look at verse two, it says, so they said, has the Lord spoken only through Moses? Is he it? He spoke through me too. That's really the issue. The issue that they're having is not that he married this other woman, but it's how come he's all high and mighty? How come he's the one that everybody's looking to? And so I want to point this out because in verse one, Miriam's name is listed first. And I don't want to bore you with linguistics, but it's a in the beginning of the the verse or whatever, the beginning of the chapter, it's a feminine singular verb. If you read it in a literal language, it would say she spoke against him. So Miriam's listed first because she's the one leading out. She's the one. Now, Aaron's with her and they both are in agreement. He doesn't say anything against what she's saying. But I just want to point out that her name is mentioned first because she's the spokeswoman on the issue. And they're talking bad about Moses, who happens to be God's appointed leader. So first off, is it wrong to do so? Is it wrong to speak against God's leaders, people that God has raised up, someone that God's hand is upon? It is. It doesn't mean that Moses is above reproach. It doesn't mean that somebody can't say, Moses, man, you're doing something wrong. His father-in-law came and said, man, you're going to kill yourself. You need some help. And he heeded that that counsel and it got help. They're not offering constructive criticism or helpful advice. They're talking about him negatively behind his back because they're full of envy. They're envious of him and his role and his leadership. I wanted to point this out as well because we're reading, we're going through this book. So if you just look back the last week, I'm thinking this is kind of cold. Just last week, Moses is having a tough time. I mean, the people are yelling at Moses, we want meat, we want meat. And Moses is flustered and he cries out to God and God finally answers and sends quail to it's coming out of their nostrils. But I'm thinking Moses is having a rough go at this leadership thing because the people are a mess. 
And now that that issue is finally resolved, now brother and sister come and they throw their, they throw their, their piece in and they talk, about, they talk about him behind his back. So again, verse two now, look at it. It says, so they said, has the Lord indeed spoken only through Moses? Has, has he not spoken through us also? And again, it says the Lord heard it. This is what they're suggesting because God had spoken through both of them. God at times had spoken through Aaron even though Aaron is a weak leader and when left alone, the people talked him into creating a golden calf and he went with it. He's a weak leader. He's a weak man. He's not the, he's not the number one guy. He's weak. Um, Miriam had also spoken. She's a prophetess, it says in another place. And she had sung a beautiful song when it went across. God had spoken through her at other times. It isn't that God hasn't spoken through them, but God is primarily speaking through Moses. God's relationship with Moses is different. He's the lead guy in the situation. So what I would point out first is that we want to be cautious of being envious of someone over us, someone in a, it could be someone at work. It could be someone that you feel like I could do what they could do just as good as they could do it. Why come they get to do it? You know? When I did high school ministry, and I, I remember several times as we were raising up kids to do worship, it, it was a discipline that I had to apply as a leader was there was kids that were really talented with instruments, but they had crummy hearts. Their hearts weren't really to worship. They just wanted to get up there and jam and play some Metallica leads and, and, and have, they, they wanted to get up there and, and throw down and show off. Then I had some other kids that really had a heart for worship. They just weren't as talented. And they were coming along slowly. And many times, you know, you'd have a, a, a Wednesday night and worship was rough. And you're looking at these kids that are just kind of getting going. And I had other kids like, I can do that better. You should just let me come play. I can do that better. And I'm like, yeah, you, you know what? I, I don't doubt that you could play the guitar more skillfully than he can right now. But it's the heart that God's concerned with. And I was always, that was always my conviction that God, I'll go the slow route and let the Lord raise up. Let him add talent to a right heart than to take skill with no heart and put it up there. So, but you'd have people speaking against them as they were doing the best that they could or whatever. Um, I had at one point, I had a young man that was with me as a high schooler. He actually went away to the Bible college and came back. And I was excited that you know, God was raising him up. He had to give the teaching. So I gave him uh, I gave him a regular opportunity to teach and was kind of pouring into him and believing that at some point God would raise him up and maybe he would take my spot or get another job in the church or whatever. But he had decided prematurely that he wanted my job. And, and I wasn't expecting that. I was thinking, I'm just raising this kid up. I'm excited for him. So I'm letting him teach. I'm giving him this and that. And I had one leader come and say, hey, um, have you talked to him? Because he pulled me aside and he was asking, like he asked all these questions, like things that he disagrees with how you do them. And I'm like, really? No, and I'm, I'm, I'm perplexed. And then I had another leader come and say, hey, you need to talk to him. Because he pulled me aside and he had this list. And he pulled this list out and this the same list. I'm like, wow. Then I had a third person come. So I go sit down and say, can I see your list? <laughs> you got a list of things? Like, can I see the list? And as I looked at the list, they were really, it was laughable how petty and I guess they weren't all false you know some of these things were you know I had planned a meeting and then I canceled the meeting or I had forgot something and it was like yeah yeah I, I did all that you know and anybody knows me that knows that that's kind of who I am so I'm like I, all that stuff I did it but his bringing it forth wasn't 
wasn't, it wasn't in sincerity. It was like, now I want to I see if I can get enough people on my team. And I said, bro, it's, God's never going to raise you up like that. Like, that's not how God works. You don't, you don't, get to, you don't do it like that, you know. And, and we had to deal with that situation or whatever. But as I'm looking at this, that's where Moses is. And he's got brother and sister. And I guess, you know, even though he's anointed and God's using him and God's done great things through him, it is kind of tough when you're siblings. It don't matter how anointed you are. When you got brothers and sisters that grew up, see you pick your nose and, you know, whatever they saw you doing growing up, it's hard for them. Maybe they're having a hard time respecting all that God is doing in their brother. But by the end of this chapter, they'll be they'll be seeing it differently. So I want to note the last part of verse two, because it says, and the Lord heard it. Now, we know God hears everything, but the Holy Spirit saw fit to put this down here for us that God heard it. And so we should all be careful when you are, should we be tempted to speak against a brother or a sister or someone else that, that the Lord hears that? And you might do it in private where just you and the person you trust with your gossip can hear it, but God hears it too. Like we, we, you're never in private concerning the Lord that they may have done this behind closed doors. They didn't do it in Moses' face, but God heard it and he didn't like it. And so look at verse three. It says, now the man Moses was very humble. And if you, if you define that word, you really end up with the word meek. Uh, he was more, so he was very humble, more than all men who were on the face of the earth. That's huge. When the Holy Spirit of God is referencing rightness in scripture, that this is the meekest man on the earth, more than all the men on the earth, especially because he didn't begin this way. Moses wasn't the humblest man in the face of the earth when he beat that man to death in the desert. But now God says he's the meekest man, the most humble man on the face of the earth. Now, some people would look because Moses wrote this. They're like, well, wouldn't that disqualify you? You know, because you, you can be humble until you tell somebody, man, I'm humble. I'm so humble. I don't know nobody more humble than me. But because the Holy Spirit inspired the writing, I guess you can get away with that. So the Holy Spirit testifying about Moses that he is a humble man. And so the the. the the thing that they're accusing him of, the Holy Spirit saying, that's not the case. They're accusing him of being like, how come he's speaking? God didn't just speak to him. God spoke to us too. The, the, what they're insinuating is that he's prideful. He's taking everything upon himself and, and it's not us too. And God is saying, no, he's not prideful. He's a matter of fact, he's the humblest man, more humble than anybody else on the planet. And as I'm looking at these complaints that they're bringing it, 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 doesn't line up with what, it doesn't line up with what God is saying about the same man. And so here go a few issues with envy. Uh, envy is a little different than jealousy. Um, jealousy, you got a boyfriend and he got a girlfriend and, you know, she might say hi to some other nice looking guy and he gets jealous uh, for what he might lose or, or what he thinks might could happen or whatever. Envy is a little different. Someone can be envious of something you have, something you are. There could be something that you're aspiring to, that you're going after, that you're, you've become, that you've achieved, and envy won't let them celebrate it with you. They're envious. They, I don't want that for you. I, I'm, I'm not happy that you got that. I'm envious. I don't celebrate that with you. I'm not, I don't rejoice in that victory with you. I'm envious. I don't like that you get to be the one and not me. And Envy wants to be where someone else is, wants to have what someone else has, wants to possess what someone else possesses. And it's, it's a negative thing because as believers, we're supposed to be able to rejoice 
with someone else as they're doing well. When you see God doing a great thing and something, we we're supposed to be able to really celebrate with them and, and be happy with them for what the Lord is doing. But envy doesn't allow that. Envy causes people to be kind of stuck in a place that, uh, at least a place in their heart, that isn't what God wants. And so that's their real issue is there's envy against Moses and, and what the Lord is doing through him. And so look at verses four through eight. I'm going to read it all as a chunk and then we'll go through and break it down. It says, suddenly the Lord said to Moses, Aaron and Miriam, come out, you three, to the tabernacle of meeting. And so the three came out. Then the Lord came down in the pillar of cloud and he stood in the door of the tabernacle and he called Aaron and Miriam. And both of them went uh, went forward. Now, this is I was going to read it all, but I'm going to stop here. Um, The Lord heard it. He didn't like it. And he came down right away. So. As I was kind of breaking down the chapter uh, in verse two, I wrote down there. The, I wrote down their envy brought the work to a halt. Remember the whole purpose of what we're, what we're aiming at in numbers. God's been trying to get this group together to get them moving. And he finally got them their first couple steps toward the promised land. And everybody started complaining. Ugh. And so the work came to a halt as God had to deal with that issue. Now we just finished last week. The people got stuffed with meat. And now we're finally getting ready to move forward again. And now the leaders are complaining. So the works at a halt again. And I just want to point that out that because the same is true within the church of Jesus Christ. When we're not functioning as one and moving forward together, when we start devouring one another, the work comes to a halt. If this group in here is kind of if we're united, we can start looking out there who we can go help, who we can go minister to, who, who we can go build up, who we can go reach. But if we start beating up each other in this room, all of our energy and focus and effort will be in here in a negative way. We're so busy beating each other up. We got no energy to go out there and reach out. And even anybody from out there that came in and saw what we were doing, they they wouldn't want to be a part of it anyway. So um, when believers get to that place where they're fighting with each other, the work does come to a halt. And now verses, we looked at verses four and five. It says the the Lord, it was a big enough deal what was going on here that God said, I'm going to come down and have a personal meeting with them about it. God came down and met with them. He, he came on down and says, the Lord said, hey, you guys come out. All three of you guys come out. This is interesting to me because God said, come out, you three, to the tabernacle. Moses, Miriam, Aaron, everybody come out. They all came out. But then the Lord said, he came down the pillar of cloud. He stood at the door of the tabernacle. And he said, Aaron and Miriam, come here. Now, you know, I'm looking at this and thinking, if I was Aaron and Miriam, I'm like, what about him? by him too <laughs> you call you all three of us to come here we all here and now you're like just us two and I wonder if the guilt of what they could have said in verse 4 says suddenly it almost you get the feeling that they were having this conversation they were talking about him behind his back maybe it was getting real juicy too and they were just and he, and he talking about this, and, I talking, and I, God used me like this and they was going back and forth like that and then God just says suddenly God said hey y'all come here and they all came and I bet I bet the fear of God is all over them right now and, and only us two, not him? Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> it's not what you want. So I, I'm just thinking it through that. How, how might that have been for them? Uh, I think they'd have felt better if God had said, Moses, come over too. You know, but no, nah, the Moses cushion, you stay there, Mo. <laughs> you too, come here. And then God continues in verse six. Then he said, hear now my words. If there is a prophet among you, I, the Lord, make myself known to him in a vision. And I speak to him in a dream. Verse seven, not so with my servant Moses. He is faithful in all my house. I speak with him face to face, 
even plainly and not in dark sayings, and he sees the form of the Lord, why then were you not afraid to speak against my servant Moses? God pulls him aside and says, hey, you guys, you know, when I talk to a regular prophet, I talk to him in visions and dreams. It's a big deal that I speak to him anyway. And I give him a word for me. That's how I'm dealing with regular old prophets, which is a big deal. Not, not to diminish that at all. But he says, but Moses, special. Got a different thing going on with Moses. Me, me, my Moses, I speak to him face to face. He sees my form. He sees the form of me. And so he said, God said, why, why weren't you afraid to speak against him? Hey, you weren't scared to do that? You didn't think that there was something wrong with that? That this is Moses is close. Me and Moses are intimate. We have a closeness and an intimacy about our relationship. You didn't think it was a bad idea to be talking about him? And again, as I read this, I'm, I want to understand what the Lord is communicating to them, but I also want to glean from it. And so God is saying, he's making a distinction. He says, hey, this is how I speak to regular prophets who are awesome and they speak forth my word and I use them for my glory. But God says, but Moses is different. I got something different with Moses. I got a special relationship with him. Moses is a leader in a different class. I've raised him up in a different way. He's not leading one or two people here and there. He's leading the entire nation. And so I need a man that's intimate with me. So I talk to him face to face like a friend. I don't give him, it's not in vision, it's not cloudy. I'm direct, it's direct connect with Moses. You weren't afraid to talk bad about him. And one thing I would get from this is this. As you recognize, and I don't think we should talk about anybody. But when you recognize that there are people with a relationship with the Lord, right, as, you, as you're looking at, if we look at one another, look at our brothers and sisters, rather than be envious of someone that maybe God is mightily using, it should be something that causes us to admire. Wow, look at what they have with the Lord. Something else I thought of is as God is making this distinction with Moses and he says, not so with my servant Moses. God first says something about his character. He says, he's faithful in all my house. And I don't want to skimp over that because the Bible says that God is no respecter of persons. So it's not like God's like, well, Moses is my favorite. I like him better than you, Aaron and Miriam. But God is saying this. He says there's a reason why we have the kind of relationship we have. And I believe that that's why he points out the character first. He says he is faithful in all my house. And that's why he hears from me like he does. That's why the connection is so clear. That's why the relationship is so intimate and so close. He's faithful. This should encourage us because if Moses could be faithful and that encourages sweet intimacy with the Lord, then we can be faithful and enjoy sweet intimacy with the Lord. Obviously, as we're reading here, Aaron, I mean, you read the story, Aaron, you know, he was all, he did all right, but he, he, he had some real bad blunders along the way. God says, hey, Moses, is, he's faithful. And so I got, a, I got a special relationship with him. And the question that God asked him, why then were you not afraid to speak against my servant Moses? And those words right there, my servant, God's claiming him. He says, my servant. And so uh, we learned this when we were going through Romans, that we're not to judge another man's servants, that before his master, he stands or falls. And so God says, hey, why, why did you do that? So once again, um, what does this mean for us? You know, what do we do with this information? If you are someone that finds that you get caught up in talking, um, this should stop that. 
And I don't think just servants of the Lord, just people that are high and mighty spiritually. I'm saying, period. Like we shouldn't be people as believers that are ripping up people that are talking bad about people. But you especially want to be careful when you're talking about God's people, because here God says, I don't don't like it. We're going to see in the next verse that it made God angry. Thanks for joining Pastor Bill on a transforming word as he teaches through the book of Numbers. As you listen to today's message, we pray that it has not only inspired you in your faith journey, but challenged you in your relationships. The book of Numbers recounts the various struggles the people of Israel faced with those outside of their camp, but also within. Surely, there are difficulties you might be facing inside your family, your church, your work setting, and the nation as a whole. But God is still here, and He's proven time and time again that He's not leaving you or abandoning you. So when you're tempted to get down and out, chin up and remember that He is faithful. The messages you've been listening to are in Ministry of Calvary Chapel, Inglewood. If you're ever in or near the Inglewood area, you're more than welcome to join us for church. We meet at Calvary Chapel, Inglewood every Sunday and Wednesday. And you can get more information on our website at calvaryinglewood.org. You can also call or text us for more information. Our number is 310-245-4811. Again, that's 310-245-4811. If you're looking for more resources or ways to connect with us, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Just look for the links on our website. Again, that's calvaryinglewood.org. Well, that's all we have time for today, but Pastor Bill will have more to share from the Book of Numbers next time on A Transforming Word.